This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. They have everything from Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans. They've got everything you want. I have the Saucy, which is a terrific saucepan. It has curved sides. It has a pouring spout. It has a lid. And it looks so elegant. It's really a pleasure just to look at it on the counter, even before we're using it. Yes, I love all the colors. Yeah. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo code HAPPIER. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast about how we can make our lives happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week, we'll talk about why you should consider finding a manifestation of your one-word theme, and we'll talk to New York Times journalist Ron Lieber about his new book, The Price You Pay for College. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. Yet again, I am in my home office, which is a very cozy place to be today because we are in a blizzard here in New York City. And joining me today from sunny L.A., I'm sure it's sunny, is my sister, (laughs) Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, your theme is butterfly, and there are many ways to manifest a butterfly. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And yes, Scratch, right now I'm wearing my butterfly giant hoodie. Okay. <laughs> to remind me that I need to be a social butterfly after the vaccine and I need to emerge from my cocoon. Well, I will post a picture in the show notes for everybody to see your <laughs> fabulous butterfly. Gretch, before we dive in, we want to share an update from John. He says... I have a will in place, but at 50 years old, I've been thinking more and more about how I can give back when I pass away. So as part of my 21 for 21 list, I have begun making arrangements to have my body donated to my local university's College of Medicine after I die. I'm a musician, and I learned of this program when I was asked to play music at a memorial service for those who had donated their bodies. It was a very moving experience. I learned how respectful the students were toward the donors. They are not treated simply as cadavers. The students learn each person's name and get to know a little about their lives and ties to the community. The program is free and will not only benefit the medical students, but it will take care of all final expenses. This includes my wish of cremation when my usefulness to the medical program has been fulfilled and should leave my family with virtually no end-of-life expenses, so it's a real win-win situation. I do hope the medical students won't see me for a few decades yet, but knowing I'll have more to share even when that day comes really gives me a good feeling. 
Well, this is in addition to the 21 for 21 list that I certainly would never have thought of, but what a thoughtful, beautiful idea. Yes. And I love that it's both giving and practical. Yes. So thank you, John, for sharing that idea. Yes. Thank you, John. This week, the try this at home tip is to find a manifestation for your one word theme. Now, in episode 306, we talked about choosing a one word theme. And of course, we've talked about it for the last several years, (laughs) but episode 306 was most recently. And now we're focusing on the idea of looking for ways to make it physical and visible so that you don't just forget about your one-word theme altogether, which has happened in the past for both of us, where you just sort of lose track of your one-word theme, because the point is to keep it uppermost in your mind. Yeah, we've talked about this before because because it really appeals to us, but we want to make sure we actually tell everyone to do it this year. Yes, so yes. we all do and it. And ourselves. <laughs> and ourselves. It's whimsy. It's creative. And it really does help keep the theme in your mind when you have physical manifestations of it. Well, you inspired me when you got your sweatshirt because yes. I was like, well, that's a really good idea. Yeah. So I have my sweatshirt, which I'm wearing, and I love it. So I wear it a lot. Um, a really thoughtful listener sent me bracelets, orange beaded bracelets she made, because I said I would sort of use the color orange to remind me of monarch butterflies and mm-hmm. make that my color of the year. Uh, Mindy um, sent me butterfly stickers, Mindy in Kansas City. And then another listener sent me butterfly masks, which I've been wearing. So I have all sorts of butterflies. Yeah, the mask is like a whole new opportunity. (laughs) Yes. That we didn't have in the past when we talked about the one-word themes. Exactly. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I'm working on this book about the five senses, and it's made me think a lot about the power of turning an abstract idea into something that we can touch, see, smell, hold, sell, buy, wear. It's a human instinct to take a big idea and to turn it into something tangible and visible. And we want to take advantage of that. Yes. And Gretchen, so many of our listeners told us how they've done this. So if you're trying to figure out how to find a manifestation, we've got some possible ideas. Yes. But first, Gretchen, how are you going to find a manifestation of your theme, which is open? Well, one thing I did is I wrote it on a on a note card and stuck it up on my bulletin board, but that didn't seem very imaginative. <laughs> I didn't know what to do because like, you're not going to get an open sticker. And so I was a little bit perplexed. And then we got this suggestion from Natalie. So I will read what Natalie did, and then I will explain how I just copied her. <laughs> Natalie wrote, for whatever reason, one word themes really spoke to me. At the beginning of the year, I knew I wanted to change jobs, but had all the typical doubts that my skills would not be desirable, better the devil you know, et cetera. But I knew I really needed a change. I wanted to choose a word that conveyed change, but transition and other similar words didn't really excite me. I eventually chose the word metamorphosis because it felt so powerful and to me indicated that change would be positive and lead to a step change in personal growth. I started to update my CV and quietly look for other jobs at the beginning of the year. Then I got a message on LinkedIn inviting me to apply for a role. This has never happened to me before, and I wasn't sure about the role, but metamorphosis inspired me to get back on the horse and give it a go. In the interview, it was clear I wasn't right for the job, and the job wasn't right for me. However, afterwards, I received a call to say that though I wasn't right for this role, they loved my attitude and thought I would fit in well at the company, so they created a role for me. Ultimately, I took the job and started remotely under lockdown. Starting a new job in these circumstances has been challenging, but I'm loving it. 
I took Liz's advice and ordered jewelry from my intent with my word on it. I bought an anklet so that I can choose to wear it as a bracelet or anklet, depending on whether I would prefer to keep it hidden. So I was like, this sounds right for me. So I went to my intent, or it's also called my intent project. I, sometimes mm. I got sort of one answer, one the other. Um, and I ordered a gold-plated necklace for $35 with my word open. So it hasn't arrived yet, but I will post a photo when I get it. And um, I really like that idea of having a piece of jewelry that I could just wear. And whenever I put it on or see it in the mirror or around my neck, I will think of open. Oh, I can't wait to see it. You know what a fun thing, Gretch, would be to get one of those every year and then you'd have like <gasps> layered necklaces. Oh, all what a great idea. Different How words. have we not <laughs> done that? Yes. We could have been doing that. We could have like a whole collection. Okay, starting now, I'll get one too, and then we'll okay. start our collection. Yes, this is such a good idea. Didn't we have that listener a while back who they they bought the ones where you make dog tags and they did it in the office? Yes, as a project. Yes, which is so fun. Nobody's doing that now, but yeah, there's a lot right. to be done. Okay, Ella said, I loved Elizabeth's butterfly sweatshirt to remind her of her one-word theme and wanted to share my reminder, too. Back in December, I'd been contemplating what my one-word theme should be, and gratitude was one of the ideas I was drawn to. My partner has a lot of extra free time at the moment and has rediscovered his childhood love of Pokemon. <laughs> my son loves Pokemon. He told me about one Pokemon creature he had come across called Shaman and Googled it to show me a picture. The result that came back alongside the picture was the description, Shaman, the gratitude Pokemon. I honestly felt like this was a sign of what my theme should be. Around a week later, I was shopping at the supermarket and passed by a small toy section. There was a space for plastic Pokemon collectible coins, all sold and only one remaining. I'm sure you can guess, but Shaman was on that Ooh. coin. <laughs> it felt like the universe was telling me that gratitude should be my theme for 2021 through this Pokemon. As a memento <laughs> of that feeling and a reminder of my theme, I bought a Shaman key ring, which says gratitude for me, but perhaps wouldn't be so obvious to others. Having looked into it, all Pokemon creatures have a category like this. Some others are happiness, transform, carefree, embrace, and endurance. If any listeners have chosen these themes, there could be a Pokemon that suits them too. Love she that. sent us a picture, which is super cute, of the, yeah. her Pokemon keychain. Yeah, I'll post a, a photo of the Pokemon tree. Love that. The universe was <laughs> yes. showing her. This is the word for her through Pokemon. Vicky writes, both my signature color and my signature smell for 2021 is lavender. Lavender is antimicrobial and was one of the first antiseptics used in hospitals. Lavender also helps treat stress. My theme for 2021 is to stay positive. This means many things to me. I'm a pediatric doctor and maintaining the stringent COVID protocols can be stressful. I want to keep a positive outlook and prevent patients from becoming COVID positive. So this is an interesting way to use color and smell as a reminder of her theme. Yes. Mary Jean says, last year I picked a theme song for my one word 2020 theme, but this year my 2021 one word theme needs an entire playlist. So that's what I've developed, a 21-song playlist to accompany my 2021 theme. By the way, my theme is connect, as in I want to connect more fully with my friends, family, colleagues, etc. There are so many good songs 
about coming together and love and human connection that it wasn't possible to select just one. So why not a whole list? Included on mine is Imagine by the Beatles, Carol King's You've Got a Friend, and the Muppets Rainbow Connection. <laughs> That's sweet. Love that. And I love using the 21 in a creative oh, way. Of course. 21 songs. Rachel said, I chose the word light and have put up the following sign on my desk. Find my light, lighten my days, be a light to others, take things more lightly. I've placed several LED candles around the house, one in my office, one in the breakfast room that we've converted into our remote schooling classroom, and one in the family room. Those are the rooms in which I spend the most time. I'm hoping these visual cues will help keep my theme of light more top of mind as the years go on. Oh, I love those LED candles. That's a great idea. Yes. Joni says, my word for the year is scale. I will scale my business to support more people. I'm a career coach. I will strike a better balance between work and life, and I will weigh myself every morning. To stay on track, I create a desktop wallpaper using Canva featuring my word of the year. I'm also a huge Trello fan, and I'm using wallpaper as a custom background in Trello. Of course, Gretchen, her scale itself is a manifestation of her word. Yes, that's true. So every time yes. she looks at it, she can remember her word. Yeah, multi, yes, yes. I've just learned how to use Trello, so I'm very excited about that. Kristen said, my 2021 is Huga. Huga is a Danish word meaning coziness, togetherness, a sense of intimacy created in any space at any moment. She writes, I even named a cozy cabin that we will rent out for meaningful togetherness after it. So she's naming a cabin Huga. Such a good idea. I love that. Yes. Amy said, before I even finished listening to episode 306, my one word came to me, health and my color, green. Health means choosing good for me foods. It means exercising daily. It means meditating for a healthy mind and spending wisely to have a healthy relationship with money, etc. When I think of health, I think of the color green. I bought a new journal with a green cover, green stickers to use in it, and a green pen to write with. I bought a pair of green earrings and green eyeliner and green nail polish. Today, while I was cleaning out a bin from the attic, healthy living environment, I found a green plate that was my grandmother's. I forgot I had it. It's now on my nightstand where I can see it daily. Oh, wonderful. I love that. Alyssa wrote, after much thought for how to take on 2021, I've chosen the word enough and had a bracelet made on the Etsy site using a graphite color string to indicate strength. I chose this word because of all the things I learned in 2020. The biggest revelation was that I do, in fact, have enough. Enough material things, clothes, furniture, books, good job that I enjoy, etc. And emotional support, love, fortitude, good friends, great family, health, etc. It also says to me that I have had enough, enough stress, <laughs> it's uncertainty, politics, and worry about the state of this country and the world, and that I need to resist getting pulled down into the mire of all these things. While I plan to move forward and take on new things as they come into being in 2021, I want to keep in mind that what I have right now, right here, is enough. Mm. Good reminder mm. for yes. us all. Jacqueline said, for this year, my one word theme is shorter. Often I find myself taking too long to make decisions, sending too long of emails or texts, explaining things in too much detail, etc. I'm going to try to be more concise and also apply more broadly. Things like taking shorter showers, shorten amount of time on social media. I even cut my hair a few <laughs> inches shorter today to kick it off. I'm hoping this will boost productivity and give me more time for other things. That's a new one, Greg. That's a new one. <laughs> Cutting your that. hair. That is commitment to your physical manifestation. I Absolute, love it. Absolutely. 
I love it. So let us know if you do try this at home and how you found a manifestation of your one-word theme and whether that's helping you keep your one-word theme in mind. People are so creative with this. It is so fun. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, go to the show notes if you want to see that butterfly sweatshirt. HappierCast.com slash 311 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got a happiness hack related to your five senses. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for this week's happiness hack. What is it? I am very excited about this hack. Okay, so you know I've been writing this book about the five senses, and I've been thinking about the power of the senses to bring back memories. And so I've been thinking a lot about the past and like what I ate in the past and the smells of the past and the places of the past. And I have all different kinds of exercises meant to help me reconnect with memories, which by the way, it turns out when you try to remember things, you actually remember things better than you thought. But I started thinking about old houses that I lived in. And then I thought, well, you know, now all these houses, if they've ever been for sale, a lot of them, you can look up pictures on real estate sites online, even if they're not for sale right now. Sometimes they're just sort of left over. 
So I looked up because I, you know, I wrote to grandma and grandpa so many times in my life. I just remember their their address, even though they haven't lived there for such a long time, sadly. And there it was. There was their house in North Platte, Nebraska. There's no furniture, but it looked exactly the same. I mean, so cool. It was so cool. So I immediately, of course, emailed our whole family. It was like, oh my gosh, you can look it up. And our other grandmother's house, unfortunately, you only had street view, but even seeing it in street view, just seeing the outside of it was super fun. Then I started looking up like where Jamie and I lived when we were first married yeah. and where I lived with roommates after I graduated from college. And some were there and some weren't. But it is so fun. Yeah. Once you told me about this, Gretch, like I looked up the apartment I lived in in New York on uh, Sheridan Square. And so I, then I could show too. and I could show it to Adam because I've told him about that apartment so many times. And I'm like, here it is. There were only two pictures. But given that it was a studio, you kind of only needed two pictures. I think it looked bigger in the pictures that I remembered. I was yeah. like, that looks a lot bigger than I, I remember know. that. <laughs> good, fo- good photo. It just brought everything rushing yes. back, seeing the pictures. It's or a even bit like, bittersweet. Look, the, I looked at the window and I was like, I remember the view that you had from there. Yes, yes. No, So it's super fun. I really encourage people to do it because even one walking through one, it is so interesting how much you remember And what you don't remember. And it's a fun thing to do with somebody. You and I were doing this together the other day on one of our old houses. Yes. And it was just fun to talk about the house together. Yes. Yeah. So this is an easy one. And again, even with Street View, if you can't see the inside of the house, you might just be able to look at the outside or look up and down your old street. And that's fun, too. Happy memories. Yes. And now it is time for a happiness stumbling block. And this week, the stumbling block is paying for college. For people facing this issue, it is a big, big issue. Yes, it is daunting. And we are going to talk to Ron Lieber, who knows a lot about this subject. Ron Lieber has been the Your Money columnist for the New York Times since 2008. Before coming to the Times, he wrote the Green Thumb personal finance column for the Wall Street Journal and was part of the startup team at the paper's personal journal section. He's the author of The Opposite of Spoiled, Raising Kids Who Are Grounded, Generous, and Smart About Money, which was an instant New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestseller when it was released in 2015. And Ron has a new book that just hit the shelves called The Price You Pay for College, an entirely new roadmap for the biggest financial decision your family will ever make. And this book, while the subject sounds daunting, it is accessible, it's interesting, it's concrete, it's non-judgmental. <laughs> it really gets why this is so stressful on so many levels. It takes into account all sorts of people coming from all different kinds of circumstances who are facing this. It really is a very, very helpful resource. So hello, Ron. Hi, Ron. Hello. It's great to talk to you. Um, so... Paying for college is a huge happiness stumbling block that we face in different iterations at different times of our lives. So we thought maybe a great way to tap into your expertise is to ask you if you could give one piece of advice to people at three different stages, what that would be. So it's people who don't have kids but think they might have kids one day or they have really little kids, people who have high school kids or maybe soon to be high school kids, and then grandparents. So if you could go through those three, what is the biggest thing that you would wish that people would know as, they, as they're facing this stumbling block? Sure, so let's start 
with the people who do not yet have kids or who have kids who are very small. Yeah. Um, one way to avoid panic in this realm because <laughs> it's it's easy to panic when the numbers seem so big, right? Yeah. And we'll learn in a minute why those big numbers aren't really real, right? But when the numbers seem big, the best thing you can do is to make a plan. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a big plan, but to just to make a plan and start early, right? So in this realm, 50 or or $100 a month can be actually meaningful 18 years from now when that money has had time to grow as long as you stick to the habit. Well, this is interesting because Elizabeth always says that action is the antidote to anxiety. So you're right. saying just like make a little action and that will help you manage the anxiety of this looming question. Yeah, don't just stand there, do something. <laughs> and the something that you can do is to siphon off 10 or $15 a week automatically from your checking account, shovel it over to a 529 plan. Don't overthink it. Don't get your head all messed up in the whole question of which investments it should be in. You know, you can pick an age-based plan where the money changes and the allocation of the investments change over time according to the age of your child. Mm. And off you go. So start early and be consistent. Exactly. So the the people that I talk to who end up feeling most badly about this situation are people who kind of never got started thinking about it and wish um, with with all sorts of um, sort of upset and guilt that they had just done a little something sooner because the the power of of compounding is mm-hmm. is kind of magic you know when money grows on money grows on money um, even over 15 or 20 years which isn't an incredibly long period of time when we think about um, the path of any given investment over the long term it can really make a, a significant difference and so Um, The other thing about it, right, is when those statements start coming, and I encourage people to get them in the mail, Mm. if nothing else, that piece of paper that is a kind of pronouncement and a reminder that you are doing something right, Mm -hmm. however small, is a a really big mood elevator. Mm -hmm. I I find it to just be like the best piece of mail that I get other than Christmas letters. (laughs) And if they if your child doesn't end up going to college or you don't end up having kids, you can just take that money and use it for something else, right? There are a lot of things that you can do. Now, if you take the money out altogether, there will be some tax consequences to that. But you could roll it over to a second child if you end up having one. You could use it for yourself if you want to go back to school later in life. You could let it sit there for 30 or 40 years and accrue to some future grandchild that you may hopefully have. Um, Or you could use it for a niece or a nephew. Um, But yeah, the worst case scenario is that you pull the money out and you have to use it for taxes. Got it. Some of it. Okay. How about people with high school children? So people with high school children, um, the problem that they end up in is that so many of them, and this was one of the reasons I wrote the book, like my my email inbox and my text messages every March and April with increasing frequency over the years has been filled with people who feel like they were run over by a freight train because they did not understand the system. Mm. They did not understand that not every school is going to be able to afford to meet all of their financial need. They did not understand that schools had really 
bonkers definitions of financial need in the first place. And they did not understand that all sorts of schools now give what's known as merit aid discounts, even for people who don't show any financial need on paper. And they had no idea how to work that system. And that can be a six-figure swing. It can be a $100,000 difference or more if you just know how things work. But the number of really smart people who just have no idea how the system has changed in 25 years, yeah. those are the people who end up most disappointed and literally crying sometimes on the phone with me at you know midnight on April 27th. I take a lot of these calls these days. Well, I guess it's one of these things where by the time you need to figure out what to do, you should have started three years before. Or 20 years before. Or 20 years before. <laughs> That's exactly right. And nobody talks about this stuff because, well, for a whole variety of reasons, right? I mean, we have trouble generally talking about money, yeah. uh, even with our, our spouses, if we have them, um, certainly with our kids, right? And so imagine being in a situation of um, some kind of supervisory role over this process. Maybe you're a high school guidance counselor or a teacher, um, and you may not feel like you have license to talk about the intimate money stuff yeah. with families sure. or ask difficult questions about what they are able to pay mm -hmm. and what they are willing to pay and whether there's a gulf between those two things. Because if they're two spouses, they may not even agree, and they probably haven't talked to the kid about it, and the kid's kind of going along thinking that if they do what they need to do in the classroom, they'll be able to go wherever they want. And sometimes families don't sort any of this out until the spring of senior year, and that is just too late. It is years too late. So please start thinking about this at the end of middle school. So if you were giving advice to people with high school kids, it's get clear on these kinds of questions at the beginning of high school or eighth grade, I think is what you say in the book, is that you really should try to talk it through as a family in eighth grade. Yes, and there are multiple steps in the process, right? Let's remember, this is a hugely emotional decision. So we need to be emotionally honest with ourselves about our feelings about it. So we need to check in internally to see see what we want, right? We need to check in with our spouse if we have one. Uh, we need to check in with our ex, unfortunately, if we have one of those. Mm. And then we need to present a united front to our child and tell them about what we have, about what we think we'll be able to do, about what the gap might be between what we're able to do and what the kid might want, and the strategies that might need to be brought into place in order to meet that gap, if any. Well, what I love about your book is like all the terms are defined, everything is put in context, like you address it from so many different angles for people coming from such different perspectives, because that's another complicated thing is like every family is coming at this in a completely different way. Some people aren't thinking about this at all. And, and so I feel like this is just such a resource where people can go through and highlight the parts <laughs> that they need to understand and kind of follow the make your own adventure because it's so confusing and all the information feels so dispersed. And you're like, I don't even know what this term means. What are they even asking? So I think that's that's super, super helpful. And then, Ron, what about grandparents? Both if you are a grandparent um, and you want to help your grandkids or if, if you're a parent who would like to approach the grandparent about possibly helping, how do we handle that? 
I'm so glad you asked, right? Because grandparents, more than anything, want to be loved. Mm -hmm. And they want to be loved by their grandchildren. And one of the strategies they have for wanting to be loved is by buying presents and giving trinkets in addition to spending time. Mm -hmm. And I guess I would just ask the grandparents to think ahead 20 years, to think about the world that we live in now, how much more complicated it is for your adult children with their new kids, right, to, to pay for everything, all of the things that, you know, a 35-year-old person is responsible for now that they weren't 30 or 40 years ago, not just ever higher rising prices for college, but ever higher rising prices for healthcare. They may have their own student loan debt left over. Um, everybody's responsible for their own retirement in a way that they weren't before. For, right, right. Um, saving and paying for college is just harder than it used to be. And so if you as a grandparent have your own 25 or $50 a month um, that you can put away uh, over 18 years without sacrificing your own you know, well-being in retirement, please try to do it. And if you can't do that, maybe you've got time to spare, right? If you're in the same city or town or region as your adult child, you can help those adults, those new parents, work more, earn more, take a side hustle, take the grandkids away for a day or two so that the parents have time to rest. Whatever you can do to, to, to help sort of attach a little bit of a booster um, to the financial health and wellness of um, your adult kids who are new parents, the better because, you know, even helping pay for five or 10 or 15% of what could be a very large number is significant and meaningful. That's great. Well, so Ron, it sounds like with so many things, it's really about facing the situation early and taking concrete steps, no matter what stage you're in, but starting early so you get the advantage of that compound interest and the time passing. Yes, and I th also think it's about asking the right questions. One of the things that was revealing for me in terms of my own journalistic failings that led me to write this book was that I'd been spending all this time writing about how to save for college, and that's important. And I'd been spending all this time writing about how to pay for college. And that's important, not taking on mm. too much debt. Um, but what I had missed and what all of these people emoting into my inboxes taught me <laughs> was that I was missing the, the most important question of all, arguably, which is what to pay for college. Right. How much is this really worth? How do we assign a value to this? Where does the value reside in the world of undergraduate higher education? And what do our values, our family values, have to do with how we assign value to what has become an American rite of passage? Nobody was asking these questions. And if you don't ask an answer for them for yourself, how are you supposed to know what to pay? Right. Because it is so much to the individual person and family. Yeah, and you go into all that in such a thought-provoking way. I want to mention that, Ron, you recently had a huge piece in the New York Times, which was the cover story on the business section, called Good Grades Could Fetch $100,000, which I'm not sure, but I imagine was probably the most emailed um, for quite some time. Now, you, and I know you took the tendency quiz. What's your tendency? We always have to ask. I'm an obliger, uh -huh. and I mean, we can turn this into a therapy session if you want. <laughs> um, I wasn't close to anything else. <laughs> uh, well, let's just say Yeah, I'm an obliger as well, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's the biggest tendency, and it's a great tendency. Now, we always ask for a try this at home, and, and you said you had a very interesting try this at home. What is your try this at home for our listeners? 
So I want to tell you about the I'm wrong dance. Mm. I am wrong. This was something that my sister, Stephanie Lieber, and her best and oldest friend, Meredith Frazee, invented. And basically it went like this. Anytime one of them was adamant about something to the other one and turned out to be wrong, they would have to get up and dance. (laughs) And not just any dance. They would have to get up on the coffee table and dance or get up on the sofa and dance. And several years ago, someone essentially ordered me to start doing it. Now, why did they order me to start doing it? Because I have a tendency to sort of assume that the worst thing is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then when it doesn't happen, you know, nobody ever chastens me Mm -hmm. for it. And so as a sort of um, emotional exercise, I started performing the I'm wrong dance unprompted because I, I wanted to remind myself through a form of physical activity that actually brought me joy, that maybe there was something to this idea that I shouldn't always just assume that the worst thing is going to happen. I mean, I'm a planner, right? Mm -hmm. I want to be ready. I want to have plan B and plan C in my back pocket. But when I don't need to reach in my back pocket, maybe I should reach my hands in the air (laughs) and wave them like I just don't care. That is so excellent. I love that whimsy. And and then for the person who was right, you get your vindication, but it takes the sting out of it because it's so whimsical. This could save a marriage. I think I got to suggest this to my husband. Yeah, and we could all do it in the workplace once we go back. Uh, That would be quite hilarious to see your coworker doing the I'm Wrong dance. Well, Ron, thank you so much. It was so great to talk to you. Thank you, Ron. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Coming up, Gretchen has a birthday-related demerit. But first, this break. Gretch, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter sandwich is my ideal lunch, but I'm very aware of my carb intake, so oftentimes I avoid sandwiches. Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no-net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories. Plus, it has protein and fiber. I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, Gretch, it is time for demerits and gold stars, and this week you have a happiness demerit. 
Yes, my demerit is that my mother-in-law has a milestone birthday coming up, which I was very well aware of. And like six months ago, a year ago, I said to everybody in the family, remember, we've got a milestone birthday coming up. Let's think about this. Let's make Mm -hmm. a plan. And everybody's like, oh, we've got so much time, but that's good to know. And then the pandemic hit, time lost all meaning. And I, I woke up basically in the middle of the night in a panic. I was like, oh my goodness, her birthday is coming up so soon. And we completely lost the thread of this being a milestone birthday. So there you have it. I think a lot of people are declaring that they're going to celebrate their milestone birthday next year. So you might have a year reprieve, Gretch. Or maybe it's the year of this birthday. Yes. And so you've got the whole year in which, yeah. I think that's okay. a good idea. I think I will take that. Excellent okay. suggestion. <laughs> uh, so what's your gold star? Well, Gretch, I am giving a gold star to the Apple Watch. Um, I know I'm not the only fan of the Apple Watch. It's hugely popular. Yes. But people have been telling me to get an Apple Watch for years, and I resisted, just like I resisted getting an iPhone or a cell phone at all way back. Mm -hmm. Um, But, oh, my gosh, Gretch, now I have an Apple Watch, and I don't know how I lived without it. It's amazing for tracking steps. I love how it has rings on it telling Mm -hmm. you when you've you've made your move goal, your exercise goal, your stand goal. Plus, there's a walkie-talkie feature that I know Chuck, our producer, uses with his kids, where instead of screaming, if your kid has an Apple Watch, which Jack does not, but I'm thinking that he might need one next Christmas, um, you can just walkie-talkie them. Oh, wow. You can connect with friends and challenge each other. Yeah. I can check my blood sugar on it. I mean, obviously, you get texts and all that. But it is just, it's a game changer. I love it. Well, this is a good example of like technology is a good servant and a bad master. And yes. you're finding it to be really good servant and yes. not like the time-sucking app problem. So yeah, that's so if great. anyone is on the fence, I highly recommend it. I love mine as well. Uh, So the resources for this week, if you have recently discovered the Four Tendencies framework and want to learn more, you can read my book, The Four Tendencies, or if you prefer video learning, you can take my video course at courses.gretchenrubin.com. You can take it in five weeks or you can go at your own pace, however you like. And Elizabeth, what are we reading? I am reading Lost Horizon by James Hilton, which you sent me because you thought it was relevant to Fantasy Island. Yes. And it is. I am enjoying it. How about you? I am reading a book, uh, speaking of the five senses, called How to Feel, The Science and Meaning of Touch by Sushma Sabramanian, which I highly recommend. Um, I've read a lot of books about the senses, and I really like this one. Oh, good. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Find a manifestation of your one-word theme. Let us know if you try this and if it worked for you, and how did you put your theme into the world? Thank you to our guest, Ron Lieber. His new book is The Price You Pay for College. Thanks to our producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, you know what I'm going to say. Please do be sure to tell a friend. Word of mouth is how we find most of our listeners. And subscribe to us. Rate us and review us. Oh, my goodness. We love those rates and reviews so much wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward.
You know, listen, the one thing about the butterfly theme is I feel like that could kind of spiral out of control if you really embrace it because there's a lot of things with butterflies on them and you don't want to have your entire life. <laughs> I know. I have to resist the urge to yes. like Google like butterfly items because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it could go badly. So, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It's just for one year. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> From the Onward Project. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place. Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. <laughs> 